Thank you for flying Mad Lads. X's can be found at the front and rear of the podcast. Your pilots know nothing more than you, nor should you think they do. We are just clueless as the rest of you. Please put all tray tables and seat backs in their upright positions for takeoff. This podcast does cuss, and we fucking mean it, so we do recommend 16 and above. Please fasten all seatbelts until we have turned off the seatbelt sign. During the flight, many topics may be discussed and many ideas may be shared. None of which should be taken as fact or even the person's actual belief, but merely a debatable viewpoint. Thank you for flying Mad Lads, and we hope you enjoy the cast. Oh, oh, guys, where are we? Oh, lost! Oh, we're the Mad Lads podcast! Yo. I love this place. I love this place. This place is great. How is everybody tonight? Oh, I'm fucking amazing. How are you? I'm not too bad. A long plane ride, as always, but, you know, it's okay. How about you, AG? How are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Yeah. Any, any, any... You guys got any personal fun, uh, cool things happening this week for you? Not so much. It seems like most of the heat is kind of behind us and we're slowly getting ready for fall. But other than that, things are cool in my neck of the woods. Yeah, for me, it's just mainly I've been gaming and reading mangas. So apart from that, yeah, that's probably the only thing. You're not becoming a puddle anymore. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, oh, except oh, when I play Beat Saber. But that's well, self-inflected. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have to say, uh, today, I've looked around. Uh, there's not a lot of news this week, really. So, almost... I mean, other than, okay, there is something I do want to talk about, current events. I was with my wife getting ready for work or something of that nature. And on the television comes breaking news! Monkeypox, international crisis. Oh, shit. It's terrible. We're running out of vaccines. More on this later. Tonight... Or, uh, th this morning, we talk about how, in California, they're running out of vaccines for monkeypox. Now, monkeypox is, is becoming widespread in over 40 countries. Quote, un uh, 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 I, I want to point out here, there's 280-some countries in the world, okay? 40 countries! We have cases of it! Cases of it! Let me be very specific here. Right now, it's estimated that... Probably 3,000 people in the U.S. have monkeypox. How many people have died from it? Nobody has died from it yet. But everybody's running to get vaccinated against it. Do you think maybe we've become sheep? Do you think maybe we're defending against stuff that our body is born and bred to do? Look, I don't care if you're into science, nature, uh, or, or, or God. Religion, however you view how you became who you are, my question is, do you, do you believe God's not good enough to, to make you strong enough to survive? And, and if it's your time to go, and God deems it so, why would you fight that? If you're a Christian, I'm just saying. 
Right? If you're a scientist, you already know monkeypox creates a rash for a, f- a few weeks and then it's gone. Why would you get a vaccine for that? That Here's was my question. Wait, yeah. if they made a vaccine for monkeypox already and we don't have shit for herpes, syphilis, AIDS, all this other stuff. Herpes. Herpes creates rashes for the rest of your life, right? Yep. You, no you, vaccine. As long as you have it, you're always going to have symptoms that you and can And you can always spread it. it to anyone. Mm-hmm. You just sharing glasses, sharing toilet seats, right? All that shit's bad. We don't have a fucking vaccine for that, and that's been around for at least 200 years. Like, in scientific, you know, trying to work it out and figure out how to fix it. Now, I know there are there are reasons for various things being vaccined and not vaccined. Um, I, I know that certain things are harder to uh, pinpoint their activation and all that other stuff, right? You know, I learned about just the tip of the iceberg as... You know, a piercing artist. We had bloodborne pathogen training. We had to learn about things like you know. It's actually worse um, than anything else. It's actually herpes. You know, it lives longer outside of the body than almost any other STD. No, I had no yeah. idea. You can get herpes. It, let's say, let's say, let's say AG, right? AG, young man, uh, very active, skateboards, and he rides dirt bikes, and he does stuff, right? And let's say three days ago, he was he was riding his BMX and he wiped out. And he, he's got, you know, abrasions on his the back of his legs. And he sits down in a toilet seat in a Walmart where somebody had herpes three hours before. Now he's got the Jeez. Herpes is, was one of the worst things we had to deal with as a piercer because it was around the mouth and people get lip piercings, nose piercings, tongue piercings, right? So yeah, that's why there's so many procedures on like not sharing right. uh, needles and stuff like that. So it was one of the big things that we, we had to deal with. HIV, hepatitis, these are things that are actually very hard to contract. Matter of fact, I don't know if people know this, um, Someone who who has HIV, you can literally have sex with them hundreds of times and never get it. You're the exception to this rule is if you are an IV drug user, you're directly putting blood into your vein, right? So there's there's a little bit different. So if you're an IV drug user, getting these diseases is much easier for you. But for mm-hmm. the normal non-IV drug user. Uh, insulin users, same thing. But I don't know too many insulin users that share needles, even with their own kids, right? Oh, yeah, of course. It doesn't fucking happen. They always keep spares. They've always got their shit. Junkies could learn a lot from diabetics. So anyway, um, that sounded horrible. But But I'm being real. Like, most of the things that people are really worried about are really hard to get. And the things that people don't think about. Here's another one. HPV. We don't talk about HPV much, but, you know, 84% of the human genome has it. You know that? Do you know that 70% or some some crazy-ass number, I don't know if it's actually 70, uh, I'd, I'd be almost, but it's a high number. Our babies are born with it because mama had it. It's it's crazy, and and it's something we don't talk about. 
We we say vaccinate your kids from it because once you get it, you get it. Now here's the thing: it only causes cervical cancer in like six of the 240 variations of HPV. Hmm. So it's almost like a addiction traveling from some parent that was on crack, and then they give birth to a kid, and now the kid is also addicted to crack. I apologize to our Spotify viewers. I don't look pretty when I eat. So. <laughs> Elias, it's a, it's actually half of the podcast, so watch us on Spotify. Yeah. See, when I unhinge my jaw and just, oh, you know, shove it down. <laughs> um. Anyway. I do want to talk about something interesting that we've never talked about as as friends. Okay. And I think this is something that our listeners, guys, you should talk about this stuff with your friends, but in the right way. Okay. We've never talked really about. I'm sure you guys honestly know what I believe in, right? But religion, what well, belief? Let's say belief, not religion. Okay, belief. AJ, what do you believe in? Do you believe in a higher power, a God? Are you a Christian? Do you call yourself that? Or are you just a believer? Like, what What are you? I believe that there in the sky there is nothing. Um, down below, there is nothing. When you die, you are dead. Your brain shuts down. The last moments you see is just all your neurons firing all at once. That's the light you see at the end when you're passing away, and that's what I believe. So, true blue atheist. Pretty much. Okay. You get a rush of DMT when you die, and then that's it. Man, wouldn't that be nice? That's why you see your whole life, because all the DMT stored floods back. Anyway, I, I think I just invented something, a new religion. Let's write a book. And then we'll hide it in a cave for 2,000 years. We just dictated to some asshole with a 3D printer and some gold plates. Yeah, I know a couple of those assholes. Um, so <laughs> click it. What about you? What's your what's your what's your higher power? What's your Oh, I mean I grew up, you know, Catholic Christian, you know, for most of my education background, which is better than some public schooling uh here in Chicago, so that was more of an educational choice mm-hmm. uh, for my parents. Uh when I actually got into high school then we started actually exploring uh, other sects of Catholicism, like Baptist church, you know. Um, and I kind of felt more drawn to the actual Baptist services because at the beginning, um, after the introductions, we pretty much talk about uh, what we're all thankful for. We get to know the actual congregation, uh, if there's any prayers or any positives or negatives people want to talk about for the week, that gets brought out. Uh, and at the end of the service, typically, we would always have a meal and actually eat together that was provided by the church. So, at least for myself, I felt like there was more of a connection because you actually got to know the people that were sitting next to you, as opposed to going to Catholic services where you just pray out of some, like, structure that's set out for you for 45 minutes, and then everyone leaves after they collect your money, and then you're quote-unquote good for the week. So, well, that's, that's, that's weird yeah. that, you, that you view Catholics like that, because... My my, I was raised Catholic, believe it or not, and mm-hmm. my Catholic church is quite large. There's some 
four or five thousand people in any given service. Um, and uh, everybody mostly knew everybody else. Now, there's Sunday school and there were a lot of things going on. There was a very active church. But I, I always felt that everybody was very family-oriented. Not quite so much that there would be a dinner provided by the church, but, you know, who wants to provide for 4,000 people when you barely have to pay taxes? I mean, come on. Of course. Of course. It was almost, maybe it was either considered a megachurch or borderline about to be like a megachurch just to the well, amount no, of people, it's, actually. It's, it's a cathedral. It's the Cathedral of Immaculate Conception. It's like oh, okay. one of the larger churches in the U in, uh, not the, uh, in Indiana. Um, so it's just a very old, old, large centralized downtown church it's one of like three major ones downtown and they're all the three largest in fort wayne but the cathedral is by far the largest it takes up i think almost two city blocks wow pretty massive um but most of the catholic churches i've been to they're pretty Everybody's family, even if you don't know that that blonde middle-aged woman and her husband, somebody next, somebody that you know does, and they'll introduce you. Mm -hmm. I think really you've got just like anything. You've got good churches and bad churches, and Catholicism, Baptist, Baptist, Protestant, anything. And it's hard to it's hard to judge all by one. But at the same time, it's quite easy to judge all by a few. Well, like extremists will always stand out, I'm sure. Right. Now me personally, like I said, I, I grew up Catholic. My mom actually worked for the diocese for years. Um, yeah, I think you mentioned that she was also the Sunday school teacher, if I'm not, mm -hmm. if my memory serves. I was an altar boy. I was only touched a few times. <laughs> mom, I love you. I was never really touched, guys. Um, we have, we have a good church. Um. But I felt personally there was too much. Here's the weird thing. Even at 15 and 16, I saw the inherent hypocrisy in what was going on. And I don't mean anybody was intentionally being hypocritical. I mean that the hypocrisy has been going on for a thousand years. So it, now it's doctrine, right? Okay. Yeah, it's just people that have learned the doctrine that had been taught to them, and they're proficient at reciting it and spitting it back out. Without realizing, A, where it came from, B, what it means, and C, where it's going. Okay? So, like, for instance, most Catholics don't realize that their entire ceremonies that go on in the, their, their churches, they're all based on pagans! Witches! You crazy people, the whole, even the cloth over the altar with the cup and the body 
and the book. It's a goddamn pagan ritual. And the reason it's like that is because Constantine and Constantinople stole pagan everything to find a way to bring all the pagans into Christianity without having to murder them all. I think that's why they've also drawn some parallels between Easter and the goddess Esther, if I'm not mistaken. Part of it. And even comedians have, have said, you know, where do you get guy on cross to egg? Well, that's because the pagan holiday of spring was about not just eggs. You would leave eggs and bread and milk and other honeys and things of that nature out there for the fairies who would ride rabbits to retrieve them. That was the hmm. thing. That's where bunny eggs, all that shit comes from. They take, they took off the fairies and elves. And that's how Easter came. So, so they borrowed some concepts and then they cut and choose like what they wanted to well, make the story. Where the fir tree came from? Manageable. Did you say the rosary? You said no. The fir tree for Christmas. Do you ever wonder where well. it came from? It's Yule. It's a Yule log. It's the fir tree stood for fertility and a good harvest in the coming year and the end of a great year. It showed stability and longevity, and that's why it was the symbol of the darkest period of the year, right? So, the other weird thing about Christmas is, so, Santa's red with white, right? That's actually mm -hmm. indicative of a mushroom that grows in winter in certain places in uh, Europe that's a uh, hardcore hallucinogen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And some of the stories about flying reindeers and stuff come from this mushroom. Uh, there's a whole thing about it. Uh, listeners, uh, I'm not doing this story any justice. You really should dive down a YouTube hole and, and just type in the truth about Santa Claus and mushrooms or something of that nature. You'll find everything you need to know. It's a really interesting story. It shows a lot of really cool history, Hungarian history, uh, all the way to the Netherlands. Uh, just bits and pieces taken from all over to then create the Santa Claus we know today. It's a really cool story. Um, but all these different things that were taken, I felt, even at a young age, were hypocritical as they were bashing anybody who didn't believe in Jesus. You know, and, and they weren't bashing, but anybody who didn't believe in Jesus wasn't saved yet. Well, what have we always talked about here? Why why separate yourself into into us and them groups unless you want to have that division? Yeah. So, you know, to me that always struck as hypocritical if you're saying that Jesus loves everyone except for the people who don't believe in him. I thought he was yeah. all-knowing, all-loving, right? I thought the all-loving was right there in the title. I don't know. No, well, it's just kind of like the I would allude that to the, like the watering down of the Constitution over over time and amendments. Like it was true and pure in its inception, but where we are today with the Constitution of the U.S. is definitely not where our forefathers initially had the spirit of freedom and equality. That's because humans can't have nice things. We break them. We don't like it. We don't like it when things are shiny. We don't, we don't, 
Well, I've noticed that. You ever, look at our history. Look at our history. Why do you think every every civilization has fallen before now? You think it's... Do you know that like 90% of all civilizations that have fallen in our history, in our records, they aren't because they were destroyed from the outside. They were destroyed from the inside. Even the ones that were destroyed from the outside, they were weakened from the inside first. Shitty rulers for fucking two generations who bled the capital dry, building statues to themselves. Happened in Egypt a couple times. Right? Yeah, Ariano, Greece had quite a Greece, few issues Rome, with uh, debt. All, all over the place. And now you step into places like Tibet? Same shit, same shit, right? It's all over. Uh, guys, by the way, seriously, should join our Discord. All you got to do is go to bit.ly backslash the Mad Lads Discord. Discord. Yeah, that was almost in unison. Uh, either all in lowercase or each of the words themselves with capital letters, whatever is easier for you. Because me and Click will fall down YouTube holes some nights and just learn some of the coolest shit. I really want some like cool crafting as well, like restoring oh, yeah. stuff, making wood turning, uh, pretty much anything, like Damascus metal, you know? Yeah. I'm serious. People wonder why Joe Rogan knows so much about everything, and that's because he sits there and he learns in his spare time. And and seriously, I love to learn. I love it. If you had asked me while I was in school, I would have told you, give me my controller, go away. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, to that uh, note as well, like the counter is, you know, unless you're actually actively interested in wanting to learn something, there's only so much you can absorb just through being forced, you know? Like well, in school, if you had no passion for, like, American history or social sciences, then you never really retained any of that. But that when point, you get, you know, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go. I was just going to say, like, after the fact, when you're in high school or thereafter, and you're like, man, this language is cool, I really want to learn it, now your brain is open and more acceptable to that new information. And since you have an active interest in it, um, you can go ahead and develop that skill and find no problems in learning and stumbling and trying to fail and getting better at it, you know? Right. And to that point, you know, um, be, I, when I was in Sunday school as a kid kid, I didn't want to learn any of it. Didn't care. I was being forced to do it. When... I needed to learn about it in depth so that I could battle my Sunday school teacher mother mentally, you know, than I wanted to learn. I probably know more about the Bible than most biblical scholars because you can't get into intellectual warfare. You can't get sanctity, right? What did he say in, in fucking um, Part of War? Knowing your enemy is half the battle? You okay. have to know not only your enemy, but the battlefields at which the war is being fought. If we're going to talk about Christianity, I need to know about the battlefield we're going to discuss. Otherwise, I'm just throwing out hot air. But that's also what allows you to play devil's advocate when you kind of just like prose a position, but you're welcoming like actual uh, conversation to see how people are. And, you know, you might play the part opposite yourself because you know 
of the actual basis of the story that you're, or the platform or position that you're trying to actively uh, represent. Well, I find it funny. A lot of people have the golden rule. You, you, uh, you don't discuss politics or religion with friends or people you care about. I find that well, it's just because they want to have a good meal and not get riled up. But I mean, you should be able well, to argue with your friends or else who can you really argue with? Some well, stranger? I find those to be my two favorite because there is no fact. There's no fact. It's all opinion and bullshit. It's all perspective. You know, with religion, when it comes to religion. Now, when when religious people want to use the Bible to self-actualize and, and talk like it's fact, now that's where we have problems and it can cause issues. But again, that comes to what we talked about before. That's on the discusser. That's on the other person to navigate and help the other person navigate how how it not to fall into that trap, right? You have to verbally guide someone to go, okay, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but let's take away the Bible as a historical document because that's still suspect. Let's just talk about belief. Just talk about your belief because that can't get anybody upset. It's just a belief. I'm asking questions. I'm challenging your belief. Your belief is challenging me back. That's what it's supposed to do. And maybe if you're really good at challenging my uh, challenge, me, challenging me with your belief, I might adopt some of your belief. Isn't that the goal? That's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. That's why they come to your house so they can have a conversation. I have the utmost respect for Jehovah's Witnesses. I really do. Well, it takes they, a lot of guts to ride a bicycle to someone else's house and then just talk to them. Until just you knock on a door and call, call them. Yeah, it's insane. And they live their belief. They do what they're told, their belief tells them to do. And they're willing to sit down and let you try to poke holes in their shit. I've actually had discussions with them on the sidewalk. They're not stupid. They know their belief system. I feel like they just get like such a bad rap only because people just view them as a nuisance. Mm -hmm. So people are just like, oh, you're disturbing me at my house while I'm just trying to rest, drink my beer, and do whatever. But other than that, what other negative things do people have to really say about them besides either they agree or they disagree? It's so funny you put it that way. Say how you put it again. People get annoyed and don't want to deal with them because they want to sit around and do what they want to do and they don't want to be bothered. Exactly. So it's not so well, much that man, these guys are assholes or they're terribly wrong. It's just don't bother me at my house. Don't show up and try to sit down and have a conversation about your savior with me because I'm not ready for it at that time. I would like to impart to you a story. Um, sure. It comes from the uh, Old Testament. Many people have a mistaken idea of what this story is about. A lot of people believe this story is about homosexuals, but it's not. This Are you story, talking about Sodom and Gomorrah? I am. This sure. story is about an angel who comes to earth and knocks on every door and asks for a night. Just some bread and some water and a place to lay my head, please. And he has turned away because people want to sit around and don't want to be bothered at their homes. Until he came to Lot and his wife. And Lot let him in 
he fed the man and gave him a place. And so the man tells Lot how he can survive an upcoming disaster because the people around him are pieces of shit. Now, they weren't pieces of shit because a guy stuck his dick in another guy. They weren't pieces of shit because a woman licked another woman's vagina. They were pieces of shit because they had sex for lust, not love. Because they raped, murdered, and stole from each other. And because they couldn't be bothered to help another person who asked for help. That's why Sodom Gomorrah was burned to the ground. Not because people were gay. Matter of fact, want to point out, homosexuality and gay weren't even words back then. They, most cultures didn't even consider it wrong. It was just what happened sometimes. The Romans knew that men who had sex with other men and loved each other were better soldiers because they'd fight for the man next to them harder. It's because yeah, there's an attachment. They... It's quote unquote, in their war books. Team building exercise, but with naked parts. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 funny that people want to claim weird shit that God has this ulterior motive. I see okay, on on the, the devil's advocate grounds that there is a, a Christian God in the Bible's semi-right. Right? What if he made gays so he didn't have to deal with more humans? Because we were getting overpopulated, and he said, hmm, instead of more floods and firstborns killing, why don't we just uh, make them not have babies? Yeah, but also a lot of that goes into Old Testament stuff, which, you know, if they're Christians and Jesus Christ says that I pretty much destroy the old ways and the new ways destroy, are now through me. That's, that's, like, that's like Amber Heard going, you know what? I'm sorry. We should just forget I ever shit on the bed. It, you, you can say, okay, I forgive you, but it doesn't erase that it happened. Yeah. You know, so if you're a Christian, you got to believe it all. That's the problem. And you can say, well, Jesus said, before I leave this earth, I leave you with three commandments only. Love thyself, love thy neighbor, and love thy God. That, yeah. th that was his last sentence according to two of the, the books in the Bible. Uh, three, if you, if you read Gnostic Gospels, by the way. Um, but the point being, you can live by Jesus' word as a Christian. You can't ignore the asshole that, that God was at the beginning. Because it's the same guy, if you're a Christian. Now, personally, I like to think that the Old Testament is written by scared humans who don't understand what's going on. And they attribute good and bad to a higher being that may or may not exist. And even if he does, he probably wouldn't have done half that shit. Because personally, if I was God and all-knowing and all-powerful compared to the things I'm fucking with... I wouldn't stick my fingers in my ant project all the time. I'd let them build their nest, right? Yeah, but also around the time when these books were pretty much more of a necessity was when there wasn't really an established history or, like, answers to a lot of these questions that humans just naturally have. Wrong. That's not true. Not true at all. We have proof 
the Babylonians? Free Christianity knew almost as much about the heavens as we do now. Like about the planetary alignments and everything like that? More. They knew about... We have tribes in Africa that know about Sirius B. Do you know Sirius B wasn't even discovered until 1986? Because it's part of a binary system, and you can't see it without telescopes that were created powerful enough in the 80s. Yeah, and then you got to wonder how they knew about it. They've had tribes that have known about it for over 4,000 years that have stories about it. The Mayans mapped parts of the heavens that we just started finding out were true. Maybe it's not that that the people in the past were idiots or uh, unevolved or untechnologically. Maybe they just... We lost all their knowledge. And yeah, like some have had better technology than we even have today regarding like plumbing and like look, astrological like look, alignment look, look to structures. What's going on today? Is it hard to fathom how whole bits of technology could be lost? Let me let me give you an example. Let's say, let's say, not to be like an egotistical fucking burger. No, but America is a global nation and what i mean by Mm -hmm. that is uh me and click uh, i learned this for the first time i know a lot about uh a little about a lot of things i did not know this i love learning shit did you know ag that when in international waters all pilots and sea captains all speak english you know why it's the international language yeah, you can thank Britain for that, really, for a bit. No. no. The British Empire, yeah, that's one reason for it. You know why? Because I, I looked it because up. Because the British Empire did force all their colonies to speak English. Yes, but do you know why? No, even China. Do you know why it is now the international uh, language for avoiding war conflict? Because the U.S. dollars, the main global denomination. Because we were the the main global currency for the for the world trade. Yes, that's why, and we still are at the moment. But whoever, uh, just only due to oil. But you know, once no, that no, 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 the dollar bill is is the backer of the entire world economy for now. But that's under that's under debate, and we need to get it off of us anyway because it destroys whatever country does it. It dist- we talked about this. Remember, Britain had the winter of 1972 or 73 where they collapsed because they were the backing currency of the world economy. Yeah, you're talking about like the great winter that you yeah. asked AG about before. Yep. And so, and so we need, as Americans, we want to not be the backing currency. Just nobody survives it for whatever fucking reason. But anyway, so that's why. I found out that's why. So whoever is the backing currency, let's say China... China becomes the backing trade currency, right? That's what everybody will eventually be for uh, uh, avoiding wartime conflicts, whoever the backing dollar is. Yeah, and I, I mean, for people that deal with stuff internationally and between, like, commerce and, like, now, goods, I mean, learning Chinese right. is not a negative. AG's right in the fact that 
prior to that anyway? Because remember, before we were, it was Britain. So they were, they were English speaking too. The pound, yeah. Right. So everybody already spoke English due to a bunch of stuff, right? But from what I can read, whoever is the current world currency becomes the current um, um, international speaking language. So if France becomes, if, if the French, what, what do they have, marks? Is it French mark? AG? I think so. Do you know? You're in Europe. I don't know. Um, what do they have? Rupert, they, Rupert, no, I that's think they, they're Escargo. using euros right now. Is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Everybody's they from, using they, euros. They went from francs to euros. Francs to euros. Okay. So, like the... Almost everyone uses um, euros, by the way, I should point out. Like, oh, for wonder, example, Poland still uses water. And stuff I like wonder that, what so. happens then now that everybody's using euros and there are no francs and marks and ruples and I wonder how that works. If it becomes the main currency. It'll probably just default to English again. Because I, was, I had so. to also look up here um, just because Britain. I was finding it hard to believe that it was just America. No, the primary reason for English being the main language is the British Empire. Yeah, but the I had to look China, up. The reason why China and Japan do it, it's like we're the world currency. Like I said, you're right. The British Empire. Apparently, the British Empire had colonized around the quarter of the planet, so that actually makes sense about why everyone speaks English. I mean, when you've got quite a planet by the balls. <laughs> well, not only that, English inherently. If you add all of America into that equation, now you're talking about half the the the, the landmass on the planet. Canada, North America, that, that South is America. speaking English, right? Yeah, but so, obviously around the Empire times, America exactly wasn't you know America. It was still being but, formed. But, so, but if if the world currency changes to China. Watch what happens to the international language. International water language could very well become Chinese. Although most most military officers who are doing international stuff speak five, six languages any goddamn way. Just to Poly avoid problems. Polyglots. No. You actually know that word? Yeah, it's, it's when you know at least multiple languages. Was it at least four? No, uh, I think it's like... Three, four, three, and then three or more. Okay, probably at the minimum. Yeah, because you know bilingual, trilingual, quadlingual, but I think it's more than four. It becomes just automatically poly. I uh, only learned that word when I started getting more into Duolingo, and I came across more people that just actively are studying five languages at once. Wait, I got a coworker. Yeah. He said it a couple times. I give him shit every time. I love the dude. He's a buddy of mine. I like him. He's like the coolest. But he'll tell me he speaks like four languages. Okay. English. Bad English. Spanish. Okay. Russian. Okay, let's go. And Pig Latin. Okay, let's not add Pig Latin. <laughs> yeah, because it seems to be just as easy as, you know, just like one simple rule. Hatsday, Atne, Ulke. <laughs> right? 
anybody yeah. can speak big Latin. Um, no, I mean, I I speak Mandarin, but I speak Mandarin like a fucking two year old speaks English. You know, like I, I know well, enough to order some shit in a restaurant and ask where the bathroom is and tell you that I need a taxi and shit like that. I'm not gonna have a conversation. Yeah, and in my household, I grew up mainly speaking English because that's what my parents had taught me growing up, but. My mom's, you know, Filipino, so they tried to teach me around second or third grade, but at that point, you don't have the mental capacity to learn an actual language, nor do you have the desire, so I just know how to say thank you, my name is, well, the all the is, bad words. The problem is it's the easier to learn other languages than go to English than it is for English to be your base language and go somewhere else. Well, a lot of it comes from, like, English language itself has a lot of rules that make it seem complicated, but it's easy enough for those that natively speak it or grow up around it. I'm you know, just like, that... there, there, and there. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, not only that, but then all the rules that say it, so I'll happily break them on a whim just because it fucking felt like it. So... You want to talk, but... wait, you want to talk about rules. Mandarin. Mm. That's... Chinese and Japanese uh, languages are extremely difficult. Well, um, Japan itself has three main languages, anyways, and well, that's not even talking about the Philippines. And um, what's the other one? No, hiragana, katakana, so oh, katakana, and kanji. But, but there's yep. also no, yeah, because the, the, the first two are and there's Cantonese. Yeah. There's different dialects too. In Japan, or just in well, Asia? China. China. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, no, no, you... I was talking about Japan. Yeah, I'm talking about China. You've got Mandarin, you've got Cantonese, you've got, uh, they're like, how many different, um... I mean, with as many as people, like, you know, maybe... How many languages are there in China? 302 official languages. If I were to just guess off the top of my head, China has maybe 10% or more of the world's population in their landmass, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, Which so the sounds like a small number, but for everyone. But Jesus, dude. They've got Cantonese, Hyukin, um, Xinxies, Hakka. There's like so much Mongolian. Tibet, but I give a lot of props to them for also picking up English just as a way to communicate with businesses. Because yeah. uh, as a manager of the smoke shop, which we brought up before, um, I get WhatsApp messages from people like, yo, I'm a producer in Shenzhen, China. If you want oh, some yeah. good glass <laughs> without any logo, uh, hit me up. I'm like, okay, I'll consider you, but I don't want to work with distributors directly like that. Well, and... It's great because, you know, the same thing is going this way, you know, uh, it, you want to be good in business. Even when I was growing up, you know, it, we were told, you know, Spanish is great and all, but you want to get into business, learn Japanese, learn Mandarin, learn the languages for the people we're doing real business with as a country. Uh, I would probably stress uh, the Chinese languages oh, yeah. more so than Japanese. Yeah. But Japan does only doesn't hurt. Well, you it depends on more like who you're actually dealing with. Luckily, Japanese and Chinese follow the same rule set. So once you've got one down, you can get the other. 
Yeah, but if you're trying to learn like freaking kanji and Chinese at the same time, your brain is just going to be doing mental gymnastics. Yo, why is it? That's good for you, though. It's good for yeah, you. Yeah, true. I, I like your strobe effect today. Yeah, my fucking light has been doing a thing. I probably just need to change the light bulb, but I don't know what the fuck is up. <laughs> Honestly, the one biggest thing I've got about what you were saying, um, Har, is that you said that Japanese is really hard to learn. The letters are hard to learn and differentiate between them, but once you get past that, it honestly isn't. English is hard. No, 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 I no, found no, no, English no, no. much harder to learn I, I myself am, I than I did. Talking, I am talking about the structure. It Okay, for an English-speaking person to learn Spanish, it's not that hard because they have the same language structure. They're written the same, they're spoken the same, and they're written like they're spoken. The difference with Japanese and Chinese, with cuneiform-based languages, is that not only do they write completely different than we do, but their words are not letters. They don't even have those. They've got a million different little symbols for a million different ideas. And even then, they have to combine them because a million's not enough. Yeah, well, if you take Thai into account, even though they also have their own, like, specific alphabet and writing structure, there's actually five different tones. Like, I could say cow, 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 cow. And that was five ways All that different. I said the same word, but each of them mean different well, you're, things. you're learning Spanish, right? Oh, yeah, I'm actively learning Spanish okay. on Duolingo. So one of the things with Spanish, and this is different for, for, for English speaking, but papa and papa are two completely different words. One is a potato and one is your dad. Yeah, but also they're masculine and feminine just versions of word, words, words make it like a completely different right. thing to take into account. So Spanish is like English plus one, okay? Chinese, yeah. right? is 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 like english divided by x right you don't even know what the answer is till you figure out what x is right yeah that's that's uh, cuneiform style languages all of them all of them and that's because a lot of them write back to forwards down to up instead of up to down they they Sentence structure differently. If you look at um, Hindu, their verb, their verb noun placements are way different. Like Spanish, sometimes where English would put has the rule that um, saying me and click is wrong. It's click and I, right? Yeah, or like in, in Spanish, Spanish the green shirt, it's it the shirt be, green. Yeah, it could it could be the shirt green, or it could it could be something as crazy as the blue door that Click went into with me behind him. That's how it's said. Yeah, and what's really cool about Spanish as well, just to kind of keep counting it out there, um, you can be one more concise with your actual word phrasing because there's so many rules. If you say like two or three words you can say the same exact sentence in english but it might be like seven or eight words just because you kind of need to differentiate his her their and theirs and whatnot where it's just like you know one person their table and they're eating you know just because you break it down to like three words now you've actually got the same exact sentence but 
Um, really, it, it's quite fascinating to dive into languages and really how they're is. all like separated. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about. Not not that like the 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 written stuff is easier or less. It's it's that the structure's so different, Ag. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the way they form their thoughts, build their sentences on paper. It's just so different. Yeah, the way that you, you put sentences together is kind of strange, but it's there is like rules to how it works, and they pretty much stick to those rules. It's not like English where we make rules and then we say fuck the rules. We don't care no, about no, the rules. We, well, we it's have also rules going. And then we have exceptions to the rules because those there's... Are rules too. There's abs there's exceptions to the exceptions of the exceptions to the exceptions. Oh, look, look, I'm not honestly yeah, just there like is. polish and polish. I, I, you know, I before I before polish. E except after C, except unless it's an A as in way. Occasions. Yeah, except on three occasions. They're not hard. I think every language has these rules. It's just um, English. They don't make sense because the reason they are that way is forgotten. Because we don't teach it anymore. It's kind of like why we still use hands to gauge how tall a horse is instead of feet. We've forgotten why we do that. There's yeah, but I, I would also say that as a newer nation and country developing, like we want to take something and make it our own, you know? We don't want to just no, but, take but, like the British but, but English he's, he's, and then just talking, adapt it. He's yeah. just talking English in general. Because even the Brits have the same weird shit they do with language, where some rules don't apply to some things. Yeah, but know? completely different uh, vocabulary as well, like the car park, you know, like the lift. Of course. Of um, course. When you're Things referring like that, to cigarettes, yes. like, you know. I know what he's you know, talking about. We, we break rules all the time with no rhyme or reason. There's actually a rhyme or reason, we just don't teach why. Anymore. You've got to remember, I'm, well, I'm speaking about ahead, this um, from a perspective of someone who never grew up with English. I grew up in right. Polish. I grew up with Polish. Polish was my primary language for a good few first years of my life. I did not know a single lick of English. Now, I learned you know, eventually do you English. Know why English was so hard for you? And this, I learned this because I learned Latin. I can speak Latin better than I can speak Mandarin. Now, here's why. And I, I, I learned in my time in school, I went to a magnet school. What that means is they threw a bunch of shit at us and saw what sticked. Right? So one year I learned French, one year I learned Russian, one year I learned Mandarin. Um, and then I opted to learn Latin, even though it's a dead language. But it's a root language. But, it's a, but it, yeah, it's root language basis for most words. You know Latin, you can then easily learn French, Russian, English, um, and a few other things. But the problem is Nordic languages don't come from Latin. Hmm. They are a different root language. So anytime you go from a, one root language to another, you're going to have a problem. So you probably will find that, um, that old, old, like Spain, Spanish, ancient Spanish would be easier for you to learn than modern day English. So oh, and that's the thing, like uh, Duolingo uh, teaches me Spain, that... Spanish, but go ahead. Are you saying that Polish is a Nordic language? Because it's not. It's a Russian-based language. No, no, no. It's, it's, a, the, it's a Slavic all, language. All, no, no. What I'm saying, all the Nordic languages are a different base 
than Latin because Russian so is like not Norwegian, a baseline, Norwegian, like Swedish. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, oh, okay. all yeah, of them. Yeah, so, because you were, you included Russian when you're talking about Latin. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah you I'm included sorry. Russian, yeah, no. and so I was like, sorry, yeah, <laughs> Russian is a non-Latin. Russian comes. The base language for Russian is something else that no longer exists. It's Cyrillic. I might be. Might be. I can't remember. I don't want to say that and be completely Cyrillic wrong. is their alphabet. That is their current, yeah. their, how you right, write. Right, but that's, the, that's the language words. before that's it became Russian, uh, before Russia, it was something else, and it has a different name, but basically it's it's ancient Russian, okay? I'm sure Click's looking now. Um, <laughs> but, um, but they're a different base language than Latin. Um, just like uh, Jap... Jap I can't say. It. I was about to say Japan, uh, Japanese, and um, Chinese are the same base language, uh, root language, right? They they have one, but it's different than Latin and the base language for Russian. Um, I right? think for writing for those two countries would be cuneiform. Yeah, it is, but I can't remember what their base language is. There's a base language, a dead base language, and I can't remember what it is. It's got a name. Please, I never uh, learned it. Uh, listeners, viewers, throw it into our Discord. If you do some research, throw it in the Discord. We'll talk about it in the Discord. We love it. Throw it in the general chat or the conver. Uh, or uh, we need to put a conversations chat. Like a legit that's what wisdom will be once it gets up. And I know. Uh, I can't wait for that. That'll be great. But um, yeah. So that's that's probably the big thing is that the uh, the language barriers are always going to be at the root base. So it'll be easier. To always learn associated languages in your root base. Okay, so what I'm seeing here from looking at it um, is that Slavic is kind of the root. The root is yeah, the root. Okay, it's a root, so and that's Slavic. what and that's what like Russian and Slovakian and Polish are all based off of. I, I thought I thought it had a different name, but maybe it's just what the Slavs of the time called themselves. Maybe because I don't think they called themselves Slavic. I think that's something we call them. And that's what, the, what you use to call the language as well. Like, kind was, of, uh, generalized. Uh, was that the, the Goths and the Visigoths? Is that, is that who the Slavic people were at the time? Maybe. <laughs> it might be Gothic language. <laughs> yeah, more than just an archetype. I'm old, man. Like, I don't aesthetic. remember half the shit I learned in high school. I'm going to tell you now. I've forgotten more than I've learned. Hey, <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, languages are really super cool and teach you a lot about you know where where we come from as a culture. You know, language evolves with the culture and sometimes in, uh, induces the evolution, which is kind of interesting. We've we've seen that modern day. Uh, back yeah, it goes we back and forth. Up, well, back when we were growing up, if if you were on a network, ABC, NBC, if you were on a network show and you said shit, you were canceled, right? But I I watched like regular family shows and they say bitch and shit all the time and damn and hell and they don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, it, it also kind of plays in with the morals that are seen as you know popular at the time. I would say regarding that specifically, I think people have kind of, and I, I like that people have moved away from language as 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 a judgment on character. But at the same time, I don't know why we're moving away from judgments at all. I like judging people. Probably not right ninety percent of the time, but it's a fun practice. <laughs> You know, you ever look at somebody walking down the street and you just make snap judgments? We all do it. It's okay. Of course, a hundred percent. I mean, even when you're working at a freaking retail shop, oh, you judge man. people I've based on the clothing. You, you can't help but make it. Look, I worked. I told you I worked at one for a year, and uh, some of my customers, you can't help but make snap judgments about their lifestyles. Well, I mean, if someone looks like they're not real kept. And they just seem like they're struggling for a dollar and they don't really have shit. I mean, then it's on you if you want to develop a bad habit or if you just want to be, like, not their enabler and tell them, no, I, 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 I can't did, do what you did want. You guys, did you guys sell whipped cream dispensers? Oh, do we Yeah, ever? those guys! Or, wait, do you guys do you guys carry Rush? Yes, we do, yeah, actually. Yeah, those guys! Since we're also, like, in Chicago, which heavily regulates nicotine... Oh, uh, we do sell adult novelties, so we have, like, you know, condoms, lube cleaner. For people um, that don't know what Rush is, it's a VHS stuff. head cleaner. Don't yeah, ask it's for cleaning leather. Don't yeah. ask what you use it you, you, you can Google it and find out what other... Find out all can. about it. Yeah. See, these are little things that you can actively know whether or not somebody's worked in a head shop by asking certain questions that only head shop employees know about. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, if you go to most adult novelty shops uh, in Chicago, most places sell them for 15 to $25, yep. but we keep ours only at $10, just because yeah. we got a lot of foot traffic, um, so we're the best price for those in the neighborhood if you happen to need them. Small plug. Small plug. Shameless. Shameless plug. I I'm not going to say the name of my shop, but join our Discord and maybe I'll tell you. Maybe. Hey, you know what? You know, ooh. Now, okay. At the head shop I worked at back in the day, if it was a friend or somebody, we were allowed to give them 10% discount without question. Nobody would ever question it. Anything like 25%, that'd be an employee discount. You either needed approval or they needed to be an actual employee. Do you guys have a similar thing? Uh, what we have actually set up is a loyalty program where people put in their phone number. Every dollar that they spend before tax is a point. Once is they it, get up to 100 it, points, it, they can get like $4 pad? off. It's on. It is on a touchpad. They but, started doing that at the one I worked at too. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way that we can make it fair for everyone. So any customer that shops there, regardless, they're like, "Yo, man, I've been here for fucking ten years. You need to give me a twenty percent discount." No, you need to put in your phone number and let's see how much you spent with us recently. Uh, so that way, it's fair uh, in that regard. And, yeah, I can't. Um, I can't use that. I'm not allowed to use that. You know why? Because I automatically get twenty five percent off anyway. Yeah, but I mean, I so for example, anymore, but... at my smoke shop, I mean, if you build up to like 500 points, you get like $40 back instead of yeah. 25 So that's pretty much like a, a free eighth of some flour and like $5 worth of blunts, or you can get another eighth that's even better quality uh, for $5 less. We can't, we um, can't, in Indiana, we can't say blunts, we can't say... Uh... Uh, bowl, bong, because well, those do not and we can't do that. So ours are all tobacco head shops. 
Yeah, I mean, there's different rules based on region, of course. But <laughs> since our shop, just like some others, of course, our family business, I don't really care. I'll, I'll talk with you frankly. Like, yeah. all right. You need a fucking bowl for your weed? Well, but I got aren't, you. Aren't, aren't you guys legal anyway? We're recreational legal, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys don't have that standard. I mean, and realistically, I, I, don't, I didn't really shop there much anyway. Although, you know, they also carry t-shirts, which they some badass t-shirts. Well, some like, shops are really weird about stuff. Just like you said, like right. poppers. If anyone refers to it as poppers, poppers instead of like leather cleaner, yeah. some places will kick you out. Um, or, or, for instance, if you come in, if you were to come in while I was working there and you asked for a drug, um, or you asked for um, a detoxifier, I would sell you one. If you asked for something to pass a piss test, I'd ask you to leave. Exactly. Whereas we just have fake piss because we have this other adult novelty stuff. Oh, we have um, that like donuts and whatnot. Monkey piss. I actually have a shirt. Nice. I had a quick fix, and we've got extreme as well for thirty and thirty-five respectively. Nice. Monkey piss. We've quick got... fix is the name brand. So just like Jewel, just like fucking oh. Puffco. If someone wants, like, yo, give me something that'll pass my drug test that I've seen online reviews. Quick fix. But that's only five dollars more than another one that we've never had any complaints about as well. So. You know, people are saving. About passing a drug test that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, but the the issue is when you're using those, then it becomes more of a logistical issue. It's like, all right, how am I going to keep one this bottle of fake piss body temperature? Because if it's not the temperature of your body, which is ninety eight point six degrees, it's a false positive. I I don't. I just want to quickly say, um. I in no way, shape, or form are we endorsing any of this stuff as well. We are right. Just... No, I just thought. Well, I just I'm thought just talking about face, the business. Your face looked like when he said, "How do you keep it warm?" Like you just thought, "I just stick it inside my butthole." Doesn't everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had to process what he was saying there quickly, and yeah, no, it's. Uh, no, yeah, I was getting I was getting images of Spotify lawyers flashing through my head. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, just just like how ML nitrate is used for other purposes officially, and people that choose to abuse it is on their own, you know, and just like people who indulge in whippet canisters that are normally made for making infusions and whipped cream choose to use it in other ways. This is just something that other people choose to do in their own personal time. Now, uh, we sell um, adult novelty fake urine for those that are into that fetish, but... Make Other people rain. can use it. Other people can definitely use it to pass a drug test. Um, that's, how, that's how he got his hair that color. Golden showers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> chemically in a lab, it's the exact same to regular urine. It's just normally it's room temperature unless you've got ways around this. What, what are you um, doing on your phone, AJ? I've gone down a rabbit hole about how... Old Polish form. I've just gone into old See? rabbit hole trying Languages to figure this out. Languages are awesome. I've, I'm Guys, trying to figure this out. <laughs> we we started we started talking about languages, and Ag in the middle of our podcast is sucked into how cool languages are. I can't. I, I don't really understand good. what's going on. Honestly, that's mainly oh, the man. thing. I'm trying to wrap my head around the fucking mess. About about how languages have developed and where they went from place to place and changed and evolved. Is that what you're? Into yeah, because right it's um, it started with Pro-Slavic, morphed into Slavic, which then morphed into Old Polish. Old Polish then got a bunch of Latin in it, which morphed into Middle English, 
Middle English then basically just morphed itself into modern Polish. Interesting. So, and Proto-Slavic was apparently also uh, some form of speaking in that region mixed in with like Latin and stuff. Interesting. So, so it seems that Latin was kind of the so base. So Slavic Latin somewhere? Weird. Because pro apparently Proto-Slavic is the kind of base language. That, I've figured that much. That is the base. But okay. Proto-Slavic itself is kind of what is expected to be spoken in the area along with a lot of influences from Latin and a lot of just straight up and borrowing I, I wonder, from I, Latin. I wonder if that's because, you know, throughout even some of the earlier histories, uh, English, European-based and Spanish-based, Latin-based cultures were already, because of how close they were to Slavic region, they were already invading. They were already exploring and finding new lands no one had ever been to. Oh, there are people here! Right? Yeah. I bet that's a big part of it. Because I'm, you know, I'm really curious about pre-that. Pre-proto-Slavic. What was before that? There doesn't seem to be very much about that. No, there's, it's like, it's like if you try to figure out what was before Latin. What was the base language that Latin came from? Right? You, you'll, you'll come up dry. You won't come up with anything. We don't know. It's weird. We know more about our genealogical history than we do about our language history. Do you know that? We can only trace our language back so far. I think it's probably because, like, they have viewed other things to be, like, more important, per well, se. No, it, Even it though... Comes, you know. No, no, it's, it's purely because... Before language, there was no way to explain your language. See, now I'm trying to look at what language was before Pro-Slavic and saying that Pro-Indo-European could have been, but... They, they just call pro, it a name. Pro-Slavic predates Pro-Indo-European. Predates that it coexisted well, well, alongside no, no. it for a while. It it's, seems. it's kind of no. I don't think it does. I think what they're saying is proto-European, whatever the fuck. That is a generalized term for pre-split of language because they don't know. Instead of going, uh, I'm a professor of language. I've dedicated my life to this, and um, I don't know. Okay, pro-Indo-European is just speculation. Yeah, there's it's absolutely no record. It's no a record generalized exists. term. Yeah, it, yeah, it's basically everything in Vans quotes. So pro-Slavic is the last that. one. I bet, yeah. they, I bet they have a generalized timeline for when proto-Slavic first appeared, right? So if they know about when it first appeared, give or take... Why don't we know about what was before it? Well, that's because before Proto-Slavic, they probably didn't have any written language. It was all spoken, and even if they had written, it wouldn't have been anything we would have identified, right? So the problem is, uh, you know, we find those cuneiform tablets with the hash marks, right? With, with Babylon. We don't know what the fuck that sounds like. We don't know what the fuck they were saying. We don't know if it was clicks and bumps like in Africa. 
We don't know if it was closer to Egyptian, where it's hard sounds followed by soft letters. We don't know if it's very uh, European. We don't know. We don't know what it fucking sounds like. Yeah. Never will. You know, um, so it's 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 really interesting because there are things, there are connections in language that they just have to make the fuck up. They don't know. They don't know. And and I find that interesting as shit. Where did our language really come from? How do we get from uh, to talking? Yeah. No, leave it strobing. It looks like you're clubbing, bro. <laughs> I don't know. This this is a very deep thought podcast. As yeah, yeah um, very deep thought. It's religion, <laughs> language. Well, my brain actually hurts now trying to figure out what the. Fuck That's is why we only do these types of podcasts every once in a while. Yeah, no, it's. it's I've gone down the rabbit hole, and now, um, yeah, no, may as well just take me out back and shoot me. You, you don't bad. want to start looking up other stuff, like start looking up about like the the migration of humans, and look at some of the stuff they've discovered recently. Do you know? You know, a lot of people have held for a long time that the cradle of civilization was Africa. We 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 have the lines travel. We know the migration patterns. Wrong. Wrong. Yep. Uh, now, science and anthropology believes that there were actually three starting points for humanity, and we're not. The thing is, they're trying to tamp it down because we know that Homo erectus and Neanderthal interbred. We know that for a fact. We know that Homo erectus and um, other forms of Homo sapien, uh, Homo, uh, there were there were like six or seven kinds that came and went. Um, that there was interbreeding between these um, that created who we are today, which is the genetic diversity we hold, which is why I have the face shape I have, you have the face shape you have, and Click has the face shape he has, right? That genetic diversity comes from the mixing of Homo sapien with or Homo erectus with other Homo sapien species. It's kind of like dog breeds. Even though humans have interfered with dogs, believe it or not, we've actually given the canine a greater chance of ultimate long longevical survival because they are diverse. Now that we've singularly singled out very specific task genes, mastered them within the breeding, and then let it go, that continues to grow and evolve. Now, let's say humans are wiped off the planet and dogs have to fend for themselves. Those dogs will interbreed, and then nature will take its course, and the strongest genes of the super breeds will win out, right? Same thing with humans. Diversity in any species on the planet, any race, and I'm going to say race and use it like the term really means. Actual species, not just breeds. Because, guys, uh, I'm going to put it out there, there are no different 
species of humans. We're all just different breeds of human. That's it. Italian, Hispanic, black, white. However you view humans, yellow, brown. I view them by nationality, personally. But however you want to view them, they're breeds. We're just different breeds of humans. Just like all monkeys are monkeys, they're just lots of different breeds, right? And because True. of that, monkeys have a diverse ability in various different situations. Some of them are made to be larger and to swing around on trees. Some of them are made to be on the ground at all times, like gorillas. Some of them are made to be tiny and small and hide from predators. They've adapted so that if resources are plentiful the big ones survive too they've also adapted and had that diversity that if some cataclysm happens the small ones will continue the species continue not only mammals but primates and so on and so forth right that's what it's about we're different breeds and so it's believed then that there are three actual starting points for humanity at this point or at least as far back as we can go and they've met and collided and branched off a couple different times the ones that created the native americans came from actually asia they came from what would be japan and china and, and mongolia and they they there were still differentiations within there it was a large migration and the land masses were differently connected then. And so they traveled along land bridges. And that's why you have... And they traveled up and around Russia. Which is why Mongolians run the, the, the rim of Russia. All the way up through Russia. And then come back down into Alaska. That's why Alaskans look a lot like Mongolians. Then come down into Americans. Which is where you have Native Americans who got thinner so that they could, ch they weren't sitting around huddled trying to build warmth. Why do you think seals are, are so blubbery? They're protecting. Why do you think when, if you actually look, and science has been done on this, if you look at Eskimos, actual Inuits, they are thicker skinned than somebody from Texas or Florida. They are. Regional adaptations. Regional adaptations. And so as, as they came down and became Native Americans, they got skinnier, slightly stronger bones so that they could run and chase their prey. The deer and stuff that were plentiful, the buffaloes, they had to adapt different ways to make shelter and to do different things. Culture, culture identity bred out of those adaptations. They began to worship the earth that fed them, and thereby their religion, their belief system, came directly from the adaptations having to be made for survival, which is the same throughout history. All mm. gods are created out of necessity, or at least out of the attention given to what is necessary. That's why pagans worship the earth. That's why Indians did it. That's why most Alaskans worship the ocean. And the whale and the fish, the things that give them life, always have. Um, you know, even even the Nords did it. You know, all, look at all their gods. Loki 
The god of mischief, as crazy as he was, was necessary. They knew they needed it. Thor, even though his lightning was terrible, his winds were plentiful and brought the rains. Right? Same thing in Greece. Same thing in Rome. As crazy as the gods were, they had a purpose. They explained natural events in the people's lives. And so they worshipped them. Of course. Uh, worship what is relevant. Like, why would I pray to some space god if they don't now, bestow anything said, about me? White European skin dilection is interesting because being white is actually a recessive gene trait that has has flourished. Did you know that two black human beings from Africa, no mm-hmm. white in their entire genome can have a white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby because all of those genes are inherently in every single African. Oh, yeah, just like albino and vitiligo. Did you know also that two white people cannot have a black child? Do you know why? Probably because they're double recessive. No, wrong. Because we don't carry the gene. That means... That the originator, the, this is why everybody uh, everybody believed that Africa was the birth of civilization once genetics came out. It's because that means that we are a genetic abnormality from the genetic base. The genetic base is curly hair, darker skin, and all of the features that are associated with Africans. Well, I mean, that makes sense if we're mainly inhabiting, like, most of the southern equator of the world initially, but but then... What they've started to see is, that's not exactly true. What they found is that the Africans of that time, the people who came out of the cradle of civilization, they were the most adaptable they were the most successful. Mm. Just and like as they started to make their northern trip through Africa. Yeah. And then well, like no, France no, they and would, whatnot. They that's met how they... other tribes who were already lighter complected. Egyptians and others as they moved. Right? And so they would breed with these other tribes. Now, as they bred, now the the the, the black genes that carry the white recessive gene now get mixed with the white dominant gene in the lesser smaller tribes the less adaptable tribes of human and so it keeps it keeps building that genome and so then you get a widespread amount as you move north of lighter complexion but the asian genome the the chinese japanese taiwanese that that landmass genome um that's different and it also intermingled with these genomes and also the african genome it's really really cool there's a lot of youtube videos by prominent uh anthropologists i literally have fallen into like six hour youtube holes about this and it's just the most fascinating thing because it really is where we come from. All of us. I mean, I'm a mutt. I have so much shit in me, it's crazy. 
I know that. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm it's all my culture. I I like to learn about humanity. That shit is just well, awesome. I would also agree that learning the basis of where we came for, where a lot of our root stuff came from, like that's the best way to gain new knowledge. New because knowledge. you know you got to read an older book to get a new idea, kind of as the saying goes. Well, it, you know, it was so. just such an interesting thing watching the new data about the migrations of these groups and they show it on a globe if i can find it i'll post it into our discord listeners and viewers uh it is really something cool to watch um just for the knowledge um you know i think i think everybody has that question where did we come from so it's it's really cool yeah and you know it might give you some further inspiration for maybe another language to get you like you said learning latin has to helped you with four or five other languages completely different so yeah. you know if people get some inspiration and look at something older like something more part of our like core history they can probably expound upon it and learn something new or maybe make their own thing but you got to know where we've came from before well, you can try to make something new in my opinion and i think for me this all ties together the migrations and and the environment leading to our belief systems and then our, you know, because I also study religions, I think it all ties in. I think I'm just really interested in why humanity becomes what it has. What has led us to this global culture? And, and in learning where we've come from, it might give us a glimpse into what we have in store. I don't know. You know, of course, of course, friends, I, I see that humans never learn. We commit the same atrocities and mistakes over and over and over again. Um, but we do learn a little bit each time. We just seem to forget 90% of what we're taught. I don't know. You know, it's like all <coughs> Charlie Chaplin, not even 70 years ago, talked about things that are going wrong today i mean the <laughs> the great dictator speech but our our ego also dictates that we want to be pretty much the first original trailblazers we want to put our name out there we want to be fucking known for doing something that nobody else has ever done but with a now a human population of about four billion um what is there to really do that no one else has seven seven billion you know even higher um what is there for something to do um, that has never been done before that you can truly say is one in a lifetime unless you're fucking eating Tide Pods and lighting yourself on fire for well, a fucking no, meme. No, I, I think and, uh, the problem is um, it wouldn't work in today's society because you'd have to be a, a, a you'd have to be an old-timey monarch. You'd have to you'd have to build monuments to yourself. Well, I think you'd have to be learned no, yeah, the only way to do something nobody else has done is to build something bigger or greater than anyone else. That's it. It's the only way to do it now. So the only way to do that is to like take over a large country and deplete all of its natural resources for self-ego, like the Egyptians used to and the ancient Romans. That's the only way to say you've done something. I, I made a, a 500-foot statue of a naked dude holding his hand out going like this. First person in history to do that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's about it. Because no song is new. Every chord has been done before. Every chord progression has been done before. And it's okay if people 
think that 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 their music is interesting and new, but it really it's if we think about it on that kind of time scale, everything's been done. Yeah, but uh, in that regard, if I were to say, uh, it would actually take an artist to learn the progressions that have been done, learn how structures have been made, get that actual technicality, technicality down to where they don't even have to look at it twice, and then forget, like, the tried and true, like, actual form. Like, just like, alright, this sounds cool to me, just like uh, when we watched that animated short on uh, Death and Robots. Well, about like, like the Vanta Blue, you I'm, know. I'm a fan of Polyphia, right? So, and look at what they're doing—something totally unique, right? But mm. really, is it? Because Mozart and and Bach and everybody did shit way back when that was very similar. Yeah, but to do it in a contemporary sense and still make it relevant—that is something special. Yeah, but it's it's not something that's never been done before. It has. And that's what we're talking about. Something that's never well, yeah. been done before. Now, Over history, now, yeah. It's going to be hard to be the first person to do something ever. Elon Musk is trying. He gets us to Mars in his lifetime. He could say it. You know, here's the crazy part. Elon can't even say he built the first electric car. Because he didn't. Yes, of course. It's just people killing patents. And batteries the, and like the Wright brothers didn't build the first plane. No, they, they just, just built the did best. Well. Yeah, it's kind of like my remember my bitch about the Beatles. They weren't the best act at the time. They just had the best publicist. Same shit. What's that strike of lightning? That's right. Ag, you look like you have something to add to this conversation. I've got absolutely nothing to add. Absolutely nothing tonight. He's thinking about his hay bales and farm sim farming simulator. Yeah, how's 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 that farming simulated? Is it is it getting your um your digital sheep quota under wraps? You know, get fucked. First of all, like like <laughs> like when you load it up, do you tie a belt on your arm and and get ready for the injection of farm simulation? No, it's just tiring, that's what it is. It's, especially when you play it for a long time, it's just tiring. No, and I yes, just I'm like completely skipping Minecraft. over what exactly what he said. Wait, just wait, 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 did he just refer to his 20-hour video game that he did by choice as a job that he did for free for 20 hours and didn't get paid a wage for? Yes, because yes, that's what the job is, and that's what the game is. Running a farm for free. I know, because I own it. Yeah, but AG a does so much other stuff. You know, he he's got a rest and relaxation somehow. AG, you should go. You should just go like apply to a farm and go help somebody run. You, you should be like, I'm a I'm a I'm a experienced farmhand. I played farming simulator 2022. No, just go to Australia. They got farming season 24 seven 365. Just because their ecosystem changes so much throughout the whole country. AG has been has been breaking horses all day. We gotta quit giving him shit, or else he won't be able to like, you know, get all that wheat taken care of before it goes bad, and he's got to plant a new fucking field. He knows what I'm talking about. You gotta you drain those farmhands. Did you say you gotta drain the farmhands? What are they? Um, what? Um, what? 
Uh, I'm confused. I'm confused. Join us on the Patreon for more information. <laughs> hey, AG. Yeah? You should really, like, breathe between addictions. 20 hours in one day? You should, like, take a nap. <laughs> right, okay. I can I see can... your face. Look, look, this, yeah. is, AG. this is AG. I, I had no idea what you were talking about, so I just... I'm pretty sure he took a nap now. before the stream, and that's why he, we were tagging him for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> like AG, Sorry, I was asleep please. with my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> that's AG right now! He's just zoned. He's like... I, I, I've learned how to feign death while my eyes yeah. are open. <laughs> I, I, I taught myself how to sleep with my eyes open. See me doing it? See me? <laughs> that way Twitch can't ban me. Yeah! I just sit here like this. <laughs> <laughs> we love giving our Super Saiyan. A hard time. Oh my god. See, you can tell he's pissed and ready for battle because his hair is yellow. If it's God, if it, AG, if you lived in the US, I would totally mail you some shit to help you sleep at night. Dude, I, I swear to God, AG, I'm gonna send you some shit that'll hold your hair up in spikes. And you gotta come on Super Saiyan style one night. If you can find shit that'll hold up my hair in spikes properly and not just. Half-assedly. I can hold up my mohawk, and I bet I got more than you do. Uh, it's fucking called, like, fucking hair glue. Hair glue with hairspray. Send it to you. But you gotta use the, you gotta use the 1980s hairspray. You gotta use the hold it hairspray. The shit that, like, if you're smoking a cigarette too close to it, it'll light you on fire. <laughs> it's the shit that fucking puts holes in the ozone layer. It's the shit Van Halen used, you know? Rock stars would die snorting this shit. Yeah, they would snort that shit just to make their hair stand up. <laughs> I'm ready, let's go on stage! <laughs> Kids, do not snort hairspray. It is not gonna do anything good for you. Oh, that is Fuck it, I never pull out and don't use a condom. What the fuck's the worst that could happen? We are the worst. Oh, please don't. We love you, Spotify. Don't ban Spotify. us. <laughs> yeah, please, Spotify. Wisdom, you totally made it's a good all choice. Joke. It's all a joke. It's all for funsies. Um, AG's going to have to talk to some lawyers after this. Yeah, but... <laughs> He's like, I see the the the, the attorney talk. Um... Oh, man. That's okay. We're just throwing a Helen Keller joke, and it will be good to go. Capo. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just search in the dark and find one. So, um, too soon, too soon. Um, did you know that Helen Keller owned a dog? <laughs> neither did she. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, she, okay. We, we're banned now on all her platform. Hey, did you hear about the whole Disney thing? Disney nuts? No. Oh, no, Disney's, Disney's got a bunch of its employees speaking out. About their um their wokeness destroying Disney, um so I guess oh they shit no too too woke oh, for Disney it's big so the employees are saying that they're not even allowed to say things like uh, welcome ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you can no longer say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls as it denotes 
a pronoun. Oh shit! Unless you know the child's pronoun, like how you dare you? You can't wait. Your little girl can't go into fairy godmother training. It's fairy godmother assistant. That way, the boys can be there too. Wait, if the boys want to be girls, then why are you taking away them being girls from them? Uh, fucking plot twist, just give them a name tag and a pronoun tag. Just put it on them, pin it. You like, hey, uh, I'll go the, by he, him. The whole point is we should not, we should not, and, and a lot of people believe this, I could be completely wrong, you know, I'm just a parent, I don't know. We should not be endorsing this shit for kids under the age of 16. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if the kids are that strongly feeling enough about it, if the parents want to, like, kind of, you know, look, look, kid, look. parents will also, like, cut corners to make sure that their no, kids pa- smile. Parents, parents will be pussies because they can't have confrontational discussions with their fucking children. They're your yeah. kids. It's goddamn pathetic. But, I mean, and you know, parents, Disney would try to accommodate even if they're pussies, but go ahead, AG. Pa- parents these days really don't want to parent. Look, another thing, another thing that's happening with Disney right now is they're adding a bunch of their more risque stuff to Disney+. Plus. Parents are getting angry about that because they don't want to use parental controls. They just want it to be family friendly. They don't want them to add their biggest movies to it. How dare you show me your racist Donald Duck How dare they suggest that the parents actually be parents? How dare they suggest well, something like that? Well, and, and the other so, thing is, the other thing is, I want to point out that, you know, we see them in the news and they're always big talking points. These these parents who think their kids need sex changes at 11 years old or 12 years old. Okay, guys, this is goddamn criminal, okay? These people are so brainwashed that they think that they're, these are the same type of people that think a dog is a toy, okay? Yeah. They think their kids are fucking handbags. And that's all, they're, they're fashion statements. If but... you're willing to put your 11-year-old through that. And I, here's what I'm going to point out. Olivia but... Munn, gorgeous woman, right? We know who Olivia Munn is, everybody, right? Yeah. You know who Olivia Munn is, AG? Yeah, of course. Okay. Gorgeous woman embodies feminine right she came out and i loved the way she did it because it was so tactful and i wish i could pull up her statement but i'm gonna just take a snippet that just stuck with me she said that she is glad that nobody tried to influence her into how she felt at 13 because she was a tomboy who liked to blow shit up with firecrackers and be in the mud and play with sticks. She didn't play with dolls. She didn't like to be clean and nice, but she grew out of that. If someone had told her at 9, 10, 11, we can make you a boy, she would have been all over that, not knowing as a kid what she was getting into. My daughter, personal experience, my daughter from the age of 10 to 16 didn't know what the fuck she wanted any minute of any goddamn day my ex-wife bought her a fucking 600 drum set because she had to play the drums she wanted to play the drums she was going to be the best drummer she played them for two weeks and that was it and they sold them that was 
it. She has done that. My mom has put out money and put her into all these soccer lessons, uh, ballet, dance, wh whatever she wants to do. She does it for a week or two and she's done. She wants to be a veterinarian for a month and then she doesn't. She wants to do this for a little bit and then she doesn't. That's what being a kid's about. You can't have your kid tell you they think they want to be a boy when they're 14 because perhaps they just don't want to have their period anymore. And they think the boys have it easier, and so that's what they want to do. Well, I, you, you from our entire podcast conversations <clears throat> in the past, I really respect how you were straightforward. You directly talk to your daughter, and you're like, yo, if this is how you feel after you've gone through all these different hobbies that we've supported you for 100%, but you've only done it for like maybe a few weeks, if after you're 18 and you decide that you want to continue this conversation and actually actively pursue it, then we can continue this later on down the road. And, so and it's not like you said that bummer. they couldn't. Of course. And you've given them nothing but support, and your family has given them nothing but support as well from what you've yeah. told us. If, if my so, at, at 18, 19, wants to be a boy, then she'll be my son. That's well, you have that conversation, and then you can pick yeah. it back up, and depending on their pronouns as well. But I really respect the fact that you've, like, okay, I mean, hey, I respect you as a person. You're a growing adult. Uh, if this is how you feel when you've had some more time to think about it and actually actively pursue it, to yourself then we can pick up that conversation but right now i know that you've gone through drumming i know that you've gone through other hobbies maybe only done for like two weeks so just deciding to go ahead and change your identity and sex and all that i mean that's something that's going to need a little bit more of adult uh, uh and, thinking and, and i'm right know. She no longer goes by the name Charlie. She no longer wants to be a boy. She's had boyfriends. She grew out of that. And that's the thing. That's what I... We, as parents, our job is not to be their friend. Our job is to guide them into a positive, respectable, and, and profitable. Not just money. I'm talking about happiness. I'm talking about everything. A profitable adulthood. But what I would add to that is it was actually extra helpful that you actually told them and instilled in them the idea to pick up a conversation later after they've had time to reflect and actually feel how they really want to do about it. Instead of just like, no, uh, in our quick consumption culture, we have to go ahead and get something done and over with now. And then that's the it. Either you're my friend or you're my enemy or fuck off. And I fucking hate you. So, well, I'm, I'm teach, you know. Too. I mean, look. <clears throat> but you taught her an important lesson that day. You know, yeah, that... but I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I see shit and I buy it. Why do you think I own a new guitar? You know. <laughs> but you know what you want. You you have experience though. It's not like you're buying you know, it just because you have never. And picked a little up a guitar piece of me inside is going. I'm a grown adult who works for his money. So you know, um, but. That's that's the benefits of surviving childhood. And that's yes, uh, the benefits of having parents who weren't my friends. But I think, yeah, that also adds to that point of, you know, parents are there to be your parents. They're your guiding force. And 
they're there to ultimately teach you a lesson where if they weren't there, you could still function as an actual person. Yeah. Parents yeah. aren't there to just coddle you, to be your best friend, just to be the one that you cry to just because, you know, yeah. you don't have the strength within you. They act, absolutely see the strength and the capabilities that you ultimately naturally hold within, but it's their job to cultivate their and your personal interests, but also give you that distance well, to I allow you to make mistakes and to fuck up a... oh. and grow. Go ahead. I, I no, think we've good. got a social weird stigma that we need to hug our children and do, okay, yeah, you need to love your child and to hold them when they're hurt and fall down, but you also need to spank their ass and tell them no and be the bad guy because if they can't learn to take it with you, they're never going to learn to take it at work. 100%. If you never tell them no, they're never going to be able to be told no. Same thing. You can't be their friend. We have to produce better human beings. And that starts with the parents, not the schools, not the state, not none of that. Ultimately, I feel like that all falls down into the category of separating the fact that you are ultimately there for a role. Yeah. Yes, they're your offspring. Yes, they came from you. Yes, you want to cuddle them in their weakest times. And when they're hurt, it hurts you too. And you just want to just hug them and tell them nothing but the best. But if you only treat them as something that's weaker than you and not like a, a benefit of you, then you would ultimately be raising an adult that is not really going to be actively able to handle the harshness of the world, which is only getting harsher day by day. I but that's my two cents. Walk it off, bro. I'm a monster. Yeah, 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 and I'm not a parent. I'm not speaking I, on I'm this. I'm a monster, though. Like, my, my daughter hurts, falls down, and cries. I'm like, stop. Stop sniveling. Walk it off. My leg's broke. I don't care. Robotism. <laughs> Put a band-aid on it. The bone's sticking out. Band-aid. Big band-aid. <laughs> Can you drive yourself to the hospital? Well, you better get that license quick then. <laughs> yeah, so being their actual guardian and those that are looking out for the benefits of their life, um, being able to draw those lines, respect those lines, and actually keep hard on your stance of that what your actual role is and not confuse those lines with the actual kid. In my opinion, just speaking as someone that doesn't have kids myself, um, that's probably the best way to actually approach it. Now, uh, my, me and my cat, like, I see them as my absolute child. <laughs> people are like, yo, if you got pets, they're not actual people. Like, why are you talking to them and all this shit? And they're like, fuck you, first of all. Uh, second of all, uh, if I feel like my cat needs anything, like, to go to the vet and get, like, fucking baby care, uh, make sure they get some x-rays if they're not doing well, I'm gonna go above and beyond to make sure that they are absolutely taken care of. But that doesn't mean that when they were growing up, I didn't treat them as a kid and know that it is my role as the actual due diligent owner of them to actually train them. Because cats will absolutely take advantage and become absolute shitheads um, if you don't actually teach them what's right and wrong. Just like any other pet, like any dog or anything like that, and you can extend this even further to human kids without thinking so much of them as pets. But you have to train them or teach them that there are certain roles. I'm the parent. You're the kid. You're going to listen to me. 
I'll be there for you no matter what you need, but I'm not your fucking best friend. Or if you make that role, you just still have to keep those distance lines absolutely clear because how can you discipline your kids if they're like, oh yeah, fuck it, don't worry about it, I'll talk to your dad about this, blah 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 blah. You know, so that's my two cents and the only thing that I'm adding to this as well. I, I think that's, that's, that's a good place, probably, right? Well, I, I mean, we touched on some really, really heavy subjects. Like you said, like, languages are absolutely amazing. Um, getting into religion, at least knowing where people came from, helps you see where people are going. Yeah. And then family relationships as well. Like, it's good to establish boundaries. Boundaries are healthy and natural. And it doesn't make you any weaker for putting your foot down. Yeah. AG? I've got nothing to add. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I think that's a, like I said, it's, it's pretty, pretty dead on the news for us. But I, I think that was a fun podcast. I like getting into some of the esoterical shit. You know, the, yeah. thought, the thought bombs. Those are always good. Talked about something outside the box, most of. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back. Uh, we might have a uh, a guest for our upcoming podcast, the Guitar Maker. Okay, well, that's cool. Uh, I'm gonna be checking it here when we get done. Um, and um, for our listeners, our regular listeners, uh, it's gonna be an interesting one uh, next week. I will be gone, so we will preemptively be doing a podcast here in uh, the next couple of days for you guys. Um, hopefully, like I said, we'll have a guest, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be my birthday. It'll yeah, be my yeah. Birthday. we're going to record it earlier than our usual date, but it'll be coming out around the same time, so stay tuned. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If, I can get, if I can get that guest, it'll be fun. Guitar making, so interesting. <laughs> Especially after we just had our last uh, impromptu chat session about it. Yeah. Definitely cool. Really cool shit. So, uh, listeners, uh, I hope you guys had fun. I hope you guys had fun. Please don't forget to join us on our Discord at bit.ly backslash. The Mad Lads Discord. Either all lowercase if you want to be easy about it, or capitalize each first letter of every word. If you want to be fancy. And don't forget, you can find AG at... Twitch.tv forward slash AG Developer on Twitter at AG underscore Developer. Or just anywhere with AG Developer or AG underscore Developer. And you can find Mr. Clickit at... Yep, once again on Twitch at at T-H-E-O-R-U-L-E-Z as in Z. Uh, my community is 18 plus, and on Twitch, it's at uh, twitch.tv forward slash x click it x. That's it. And you can find me on Twitter at Hatter Durant, um, and then uh, Facebook, you can find me there. And I haven't, I haven't streamed a lot lately, um, I've just been so busy. Hopefully, after my vacation, uh, I can get my stream back up and running, and that'll be twitch.tv. TV backslash Mad Hatter and uh, guys, always have fun when you guys are here. I love you guys. You guys are the best. So much reciprocated love.
you guys are here. Uh, even though they don't love me, I love you. And that's fine. And uh, I love the the listeners and the viewers and our Patreons, which uh, are Racing Boss and uh, what was the other one's Absol. Uh, handle? What was it? Absol. Absol was his handle. Fantastic. Very nice. Both awesome Patreons. We love you guys. You guys help us do what we do. And we're going to keep doing it for you. Uh, don't forget, Wisdom will be coming out soon. Um, AG, did you send that message? Uh, still a goal update. There's going to be a whipping. Uh, we're going to blame AG. Uh, whether uh, Wisdom, guys, take your time. Because every time you don't respond and I ask him, we're going to beat him a little. So you can Just a little bit. Just a little bit of time. Um, he likes it. So, um, we're going to get out of here. And we love you guys. And it was a good talk. And we'll see you guys. For us, it'll be a couple days. For you, it'll be next week. And until then, uh, homework for this week. Homework for this week. Fall down a YouTube poll about something in your life. Whether it's our religion, your language, your history, your your mother's people, your father's people, whatever it is, find out something about yourself you didn't know or about who you are. That's your homework for tonight, guys. Um, let's let the uh, the pilot take our plane down, guys. Uh, viewers, listeners, have a good night. As we come into approach, I want to thank you for flying with Mad Lads. Uh, we have enjoyed your company. And we wish you well on your journey through life. We hope to see you again at the Mad Lads Podcast.